Hello, and welcome to the Neutral Zone. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm joined again by Catherine Thomas, Jordan Taylor, and Dave Prestage to talk about how the English leagues shape up as we reach the halfway point of the season. So yeah, cheers for joining, and we are already half already halfway through the season. Uh, been a pretty relentless start. Uh, where do you guys want to start? So yeah, men's super league table. I've got it up now. Let's go. Yep, I'm looking at it. Yep, so obviously top is Meteors with eight wins and no losses. Vikings just beating Spartans, where Spartans got a draw, Vikings got a win. That draw should have been a loss as well. That's a big regret from ours this season. Is that your fault, Dave? <laughs> well, I, I wasn't there for that particular league meet. Uh, but um... I, 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 me- I meant more bees in general <laughs> rather than you personally. Yeah, so that game, I think we were we had we had quite a good lead at halftime. Uh, second half just went against us, so they managed to put back and draw with the last set. So it's a... Uh... Oh. Yeah, they've got him on. It's weird because we're in fourth at the moment, like yeah. joint, joint fourth with Storm, but a better points difference. Like, so our head to head because we beat them in the first game. Um, but I look at the, the two draws. So one being Spartans, where you know we've ended up drawing from a, from a winning position. Um, and the second draw against Rangers, who, who played really well. And that was probably the, the one game we weren't particularly happy with. Um, but fair play, Rangers played really well that game to, to get the draw. I think that's probably a fair result. Uh, the two losses, one to, to Meteors, but I think we'll just join the club with everyone else there at this point. <laughs> um, and then yeah, losing to Beagles last weekend, and I've, I've managed to watch the footage back. Matt, Matt records all our games. Um, oh, that was a close game. Literally, I think every set was decided by one kind of little thing or one mistake on either side. So it's going to be interesting when we play them again in a few weeks. But um, halfway point, fourth, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, hopping on the games against uh, Beagles men being recorded, um, British Dodgeball did a, have done a really good job on recording our game of uh, Sheriffs against Bed Beagles, which was yeah, it was a very, it was a very good game. It, was a, it makes a very good watch as well. Um, so yeah, I recommend checking that out if you haven't already. Yeah, go okay, see. So yeah, I've watched it myself. I watched the other game as well. The the uh, the Leeds game they put on. Um, was the first one really good idea with the you know the the kind of green and red dots running out and things like that? It makes it a lot easier to follow for little ones you miss. It's very easy to miss things sometimes. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that that's exciting, and you kind of hope that if they've come up with the format now, then hopefully if we're well, I you hope they're expecting to stream Euros, which obviously British Doge, do, British Dodgeball, British Dodgeball. <laughs> Sorry hosting in Newcastle in the summer. Um and they um yeah they're hosting in Newcastle in the summer and you'd hope they might be able to do that live for the stream footage which would be quite cool. They had something similar at um they had something similar at the World Cup in twenty sixteen and maybe a year is after that. But this is definitely a better version. So if they can get it working, it'd be really cool to see that on live streaming. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be good because obviously with the Euros getting bigger and bigger every year, I think it'll you know help some of the nations which are trying to take off the sport if they can show like you know good quality footage with that kind of scoring system. So it's a bit clearer to people who don't know the game that well. Um, I think it's a good way to to kind of get televised and streamed for a new market of audience as well. As well as you know, the the people have been playing for years, like ourselves. We'll watch it no matter what the quality, what the you know anything else. We're we're just keen. But for any audience, I think it's I think it looks really good, um, and I think it's a good potential for for teams to go away and kind of analyze games a little better as well, so you can tell what what they were doing right and wrong. Yeah, real real tussle in the league. Just um, bringing it up again, real tussle between. Second and fifth at this point, anyway. Um, Vikings on 12, Spartans on 11, LMBs and Storm on 10. Then even uh, Bedford Eagles only two behind that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think given how Beagles have played the last few weeks, now they've got a more regular set of players and stuff again. You know, you wouldn't rule them out going higher in that table either um, in the second half. It's going to be a very congested battle for those kind of top four places, I think. Mm. Yeah. 
you know, I think your yeah. prediction is running very true. To, I think it, I think it was you, Dave, at the in one of our earlier pods saying that it was um, essentially split into two mini leagues as such, and that is, yeah, every everyone in that ba- in that bunch of five or six teams is gonna gonna fancy their chances against each other. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's I think what we said is has come to light. We've you know we've beaten Vikings, we've beaten Storm, but then we lost to the Eagles and drew with Spartans. Talk about a mixed bag against the teams in you know your kind of area mm-hmm. as well. You know what I mean? And, and it's just the same. Like Storm have had an up and down league. Meets have had some really good ones. Some they'll know that they're not happy with it. So it's a very hard league to uh, predict at the moment. Yeah, I think also I think maybe the meaning that's changed is we were potentially thinking it would be maybe five and five, whereas I think now sort of there's definitely sort of the top, say six teams trying to accelerate away, but actually there's not much between the tables. Sort of they split it like four four two, but there's not actually that much in the sort of second four. So position five to eight are closer than they could be. There's only five points between eighth place and fifth place. So I think it's just, yeah, the it's potentially a lot of worth accelerating away at the top slightly, but anywhere from second to seventh is still pretty much anyone could end up anywhere. Probably, probably the two ones to call out, um, which are the most interesting, are probably B's going from the high of beating Vikings and drawing to Spartans, and then joined to Bedford Rangers, which has done Bedford Rangers a Survival chances, nothing but good. Rather annoyingly for us. Sorry. <laughs> Stop bottling it, Dave. Yeah, I know. It's like it's to say that we, we've had such up and down weeks. Like that, that day, we lost to Meteors and drew with Rangers. Then the the week after, or the, I think, or the week before, you know, we we beat Storm two sixteen eight, and then beat Storm first twenty ten. And it's like, how can you know the league weeks are that far apart? <laughs> it just shows on. Kind of a given day, how um how much it can yeah, change. Yeah, definitely a definitely a league of fine margins. I mean, but at both ends of the table, that is anyway. I mean, probably with the the only sort of foregone conclusions to seem to be games involving meteors and yeah, considering they considering they probably had or missing, they have been missing. Brett Koenig and Simon Jones for a large proportion of what's gone of the season so far to still top the league without without seeming like they're even breaking sweat is mighty impressive. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a it's a credit to you know taking on the experience of people like Nathan and Henry in the summer, um, gaining them up, but then the the rapid progression of people like Nathan and Nick. Uh, coming over from Birmingham, mm. you know that's reflected in their England call-ups recently as well, which you know they're thoroughly deserved with how they played. Um, that kind of that blend they've got in the team at the moment, and I can only imagine how intense the training session there must be. Um, yeah, it it just kind of shows it's just that absolute um, drive to win is what they've all got. Um, like all, t- all like them one to six, just they're, they're such uber competitive people, with or without you know. Someone like a Brett driving them on, and it's it showing this year they're playing some great stuff. I was chatting to Ryan as well, and it is oh. just the eight, eight or ten of them at the training as well. So they don't, so they have smaller training sessions than most people. But the you can imagine with the standard being that high, they are just like smashing each other week in, week out. So yeah, they train hard, and it's showing off in the it's paying off in the league. Which I suppose actually is quite an interesting comparison where you look at. Clubs like Bees, clubs like Storm, Sheriffs, lots of people are growing really quite quickly. So it does, it is getting to this point where it's working out how best to balance the fact that you've got, yeah, maybe your 10 sort of most experienced, really competitive players. But you've also got a whole club around that of people who are newer, people who are less experienced, who also need to develop. So I think it's, as the sport gets bigger, we're all having to learn as we go along how best to manage kind of trying to re- remain competitive in your first teams while letting your newer players and your less experienced players develop properly as a second and then third. And now, like, 
fourth team because Storm Fourths are in League Three or something because they were there when I was there at the last league meet. So it's yeah, I think it's starting to. You wonder whether that gives Meteors an advantage, the fact that they don't have, they just have those sort of eight players and they go from there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point because, you know, us as bees, we've got three teams, three men's teams in leagues and two women's. And that'll probably be higher next year again. We, we've, got, we've, got the, we've got the men for minimum a fourth team. If we get the commitment out of them, then we could get a fifth team. But obviously doing that regularly would be tr- tricky. But I think a fourth team is more than achievable. And a third women's team would be that's easy again. Um, and yeah, Storm, would you be surprised to see another Storm team appear, you know, in either gender? Probably not. And I've spoken to some of the Spartans. Um, that They've, you know, they've looked at the idea of a men's second team now as well because um, of how many they're having at training. And obviously, Sheriffs have a couple of teams of each gender. So the community clubs are just... You know, they're just growing every year. Milton Keynes, you know, their second team's established. Rangers have got a second team now. Um, the community side and, like, the size of the leagues, I think it's just going to keep getting, you know, bigger and bigger. Wessex have, have got their second men's team going well now. I know, I know Leeds were looking at it as well at one point. It's Yeah, it's every, every club you go around now, you're looking at at least two, you know, two teams of, of men and one to two teams of women, probably apart from Meteors is probably the one difference you're right i think that shows us to you know it can't be a coincidence that that's the you know they're at the top of everything and you know winning most and making finals if they're not winning most tournaments because you're right you you train at such a standard all the time you don't have to worry about is this helping a new person is it expanding it's just hardcore training and it just shows like like, absolutely ruthless way of how they play and it's just you know that's fine for now but it's you know is there longevity in that necessarily who knows? Yeah, I think uh, it, they'll take they'll take some stuff in for this season. I'm sure. Um, do you reckon they can go undefeated again? I think at this rate, like you can't count it out. Yeah, I, I think with Catherine, so so far there's no reason to suggest. I know we've come close at a couple of opens. Uh, they took we've taken two overtime in one. Um, we've lost by I think one game in another. So I know Spartans have been close, and they've only lost by so. So you know teams are getting closer, but uh, I think it's hard. It's hard to know sometimes. I think as well that um, what obviously the the table is only showing that Meteors have got what the eight the eight wins, but it's not shown how closely that those games have been. Like yes, Meteors have won those games, but how easy was it for them? Did they win just by a couple of players and a couple of sets or? That kind of thing. So I think one thing that we need to sort of take notice of is that teams are pushing meteors very close to 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 beating them. Um, and I think meteors know this, um, which is why sort of their training is becoming more and more intense. Because they 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 they've seen now that um, people have taken leap from last season, and are only going to keep pushing to. Because I think now, rather than win the league, I think beating Meteors has become the new objective of many a team. Yeah. Um, thoughts, thoughts on the relegation battle? Well, I suppose, I suppose it's early days. What people thoughts um, on that? Yeah, um, I think the, the four teams that it's likely to be between is ourselves, Storm 2, Rangers and Minotaurs. Um, obviously Minotaurs with Dan being out for injury for a while um, they've lost a pretty big pretty big presence on court for that team um, Rangers I think should find their feet at the beginning of the season sort of set them back a little bit um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it Sheriffs as well have been struggling like yes it's it, kind of like, um, it showed, like obviously we've got seven losses but how many of those we're by one set. Um, for example, our, our Rangers game, we lost one set when a ball got lodged between Sam Mason's calves. <laughs> you know, it's just unlucky things like that. Um, and then obviously Storm, Storm Two, bit of a bit of a surprise for them. The difference between League One and Super League, um, they they could surprise they could surprise us and get their win in the next couple of weeks, next couple of fixtures. So I think. 
to, it, it's going to be between those four. Um, I'd be very surprised if it's if it's one of the other one of the other six teams. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I think it's between the four. I don't, I don't think at the start of the year, Minotaurs thought they'd be in in this position. I think the last couple of weeks have been a bit of a shock. Um, I think they, you know, they've got to get a, a more settled team again because even before Dan's injury, they seem to have the same kind of four players as a core. Like, you know, uh, but then it seemed to be mixing in and out a few times. It didn't really seem to have that much of a settled team, which can only get you so far. Um, you know, we've had issues with that. We've moving people around start of the year. We've also got a settled squad. The results improved. You know, it helps with training. I think that's been Minotaur's issue. So I think it's their chance now we've done out for the you know the rest of the squad to come together and show because there's still some talented players in that team. You know, John T's had a really good season. Uh, is a bit of an unknown straight off the, the kind of uni scene. Uh, Pete's still there. Alex Taylor's come on even further again as um, as he's getting a bit older. He's um, he's looking really good. So they've got the you know they've got um, the players. Um, Alex just, has just had an England call up as well. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say that's deserved. He's been you know you could argue Minotaur's standout player in the last year or so. You know I've seen him take a lot of game winning set winning catches etc. Making a few nice hits. He's he's got the capabilities. There. He's got a good arm on him. But yeah, it's it's one of those. Like I said, the, the points difference is so slight. All it takes is say sheriff, you know, sheriffs win both games. One week and Rangers have a bad week, and it's all of a sudden it's swapped round. Um, one league meet there changed everything. I do worry a bit for Storm too. Um, at this point, having no points at all, I think is, you know, they've they've got again an extra two points drawn, so that's going to be a bit of a struggle. It's you know, I mean, they've shown flashes. I mean, they they took points off us and probably could have taken a couple more. Um, to be fair, but I think you know having no points, it, it makes it a challenge. Second half, it's just games are running out um, for them, which I think is just the biggest challenge. But they've got the, they've got some players in there who can definitely do it. So it's just it's going to be really interesting, I think, going forward. Yeah, I think they're well. It's like you, like you say, Storm Two. They've taken been swept aside by a lot of teams. They pushed teams that are around them in the table. They pushed Bedford Rangers. Um, to within, well, I remember right from the game they pushed it to when it was eight ten, I think something like that. Going to about going to about five minutes left. It's a game that could have gone, could have gone either way. Yeah, took took points off us for sure. Yeah, no, definitely they've they've taken points off everyone they played. Um, I don't think they've been whitewashed by anyone at all. Like I said, there's you know, Cutmore's been there this year as, as a kind of. I suppose a fixture in there too was a bit of a leader and he's you know he's played well against some other people coming Ash has been you know really good on court and things like that. It's there that you know they just um it's just the narrow margins have gone against them first half of the year. There's certain games where they could have won it and they you know they've been a couple players up and the last thirty seconds of sets and things have gone against them. It's those fine margins that can can cost you when you get to the top level in your respective sport. I think it's just been a bit of a learning curve for, for some of the more inexperienced players in their team. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think it's, I think probably what what should be noted is that they, in recent weeks, they have probably acclimatised to playing in Super League, and they're probably one of the teams that has come on the most since the start of the season. So imagine when a lot of teams come around the second round of fixtures and say, "Oh, it's only Storm Two. That might play into their favour a little bit. So it remains to be seen. Yeah, hundred percent. I just looked at the, you know, the, the first week of. Of Super League, their first year in Super League, their first game was the very first game on court that day against Beagles, which you know is a new team against one of the more established sides in in the UK. You know, known for winning tournaments and taking off. That's a big step. Then to go from them straight to playing your first team, you know, what I mean, they had such a, a kind of um, such a, a heavy week as a starting point, and they did well. And they've taken points in both of them, so they've given themselves you know a real uh, point of confidence there. So it's um yeah, fingers crossed for them second half. Just a little, uh, little bit of trivia for you. Um, there's 40... So we've played 40 games in Super League this season. How mm-hmm. many do you think have either been tied or there's only been a set in it either way? Out of the 40 games, how many do you reckon? Um, 15. Out of 40? 12. It's been 10, in fairness. Ooh, I thought I'd go Yeah. 
there's only been there's basically still like a quarter of a quarter of all the games that have been played have been decided by a single set. It's remarkable. I'm pretty sure three of those are for us. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. three of them are for bees as well. Yes, that's yeah, we beat by we drew with yeah, we've had two draws and we beat Spartans by one set. So yeah, we we're three of them. <laughs> At least off the top of my head. Yeah, I think ours was Minotaurs, Beagles, and Rangers. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's it's an exciting league to be part of for sure, and hopefully an exciting league to watch and follow. It's quite a fun fact. Shall we go to League One? Yep. Yep. Okay, so I'll, I'll kick off with the with League One. So I've been following it obviously quite closely this year, uh, with us training quite closely with workers and they they uh, we've so far in all the league fixtures we have played every match at the same time, killers and workers, which is good. <laughs> Trying to show support for fellow team. Um, I think the the big credit this year in in the league I think should go to. MK and Derby, I think they've been the slight surprise packages. Not that they haven't got the skill, but given, you know, Leeds and Wessex being at the top, but they're still matching them pretty much blow for blow. There's three teams all on 12 points in that. Um, the way it's looking, Leeds, are, you know, they're four points clear, two games, and they're undefeated. You know, they're, they're doing, the, I suppose, a League One version of Meteors at the moment. But that kind of, I look down that league, and again, that's... It's a competitive league. You know what I mean? It's still a good standard. Mm. If Derby turned around next week and beat Leeds, I wouldn't be shocked at that result necessarily. And then if Worker Bees beat Wessex, again, wouldn't be hugely shocked to see it happen. That's that's where it is. Um, I think Leeds and Wessex, I think we all might have thought would be near the top. I think they've they've proven that prediction right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's been really... Games I've got to watch in League One this year, the, the quality and intensity has been amazing. Um, I'd recommend people who are at the league if they get to watch the other leagues as well. Always do. You're always pleasantly surprised by stuff you see in them. You just, you know, if you just be a bit of a keen observer. Um, who's going to go up from there? I, I don't know who to predict from that. This could be, second half of the year could be a, could be mad. To be fair, yeah, I think it just goes to show the improvement that Leeds have made, considering they were bottom of the league of Super League last year, to then currently go undefeated in this league so it's either a case of that they've vastly improved over the summer which which is very possible because I've seen some of the, the, the talent that they've brought I've watched some of their games they've been pushing team after team um, or the, 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 it's maybe just the skill level between Super League and League One in general is higher than most of us have thought but saying that I'm going to throw this one in because it's fun. Sorry, Steve. Um, Wickerbees did beat Storm 1 at the British Open. Yes. I think Steve's having nightmares currently about anything <laughs> buzzing related. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but this, this is why. So I know from a, from a Bees perspective, it's been a good start for the workers this year. It's been a bit frustrating some of the, some of the games they've lost. The four wins, four losses. So, you know, pretty steady. I can't really argue with that. Um, but you know, I've seen these guys at training. The the talent that's in that team because there's literally because we can't have enough people and killers. You know what I mean? There's there's so many of that team have either played or you know been switched around. They're a really good team, um, and I will, I know we're we're all hoping that they're going to push on and kick on second off the end. I think they can do. I think they will do. Um, it's just again, it's it's, it's just a little head to heads in this league make all the difference. I said credit to play like people like Derby and, and MK who might not that people said up there start the season, but they've just proved it by just consistency or season. It's been class. Yeah, I must admit when I I sort of was very um quietly confident about work bees really really pushing for the top of that league, especially the fact that they were pushing at the top of it last season and then Bees as a club taking on taking on a heck of a lot of New talent, which was going to bolster that team a lot, but yeah, like you say, it, it's massive, massive props because I don't think I don't think Wickerbees are when I've watched them play, they, I don't think they've underperformed or anything like that. I don't think that's fair. No, they they've suffered. I think uh, they've suffered from having inconsistent p- 
people there. Like, there's been a few who've been there for every week so far, but they're because of injuries and and other things, the, the team's been swapped in and out a little bit. So it's it's been hard up, up until the last probably the first two league meets that was the case. But there's a more kind of settled um, side there now, and I think that's going to make a real difference for them uh, going forward. So. Yeah, obviously, from a selfish point of view, hopefully they'll they'll push on further up the table, and uh, I'd love to um, I'd love to have them with us next year. I think yeah, probably on the probably on the settled team perspective, that's probably one thing that's played in particular into Derby's um, into Derby's favour, having Simon and Dom like ever presence in that team ever since, well, essentially ever since the club was founded, but mm. but they. have been building and building in that league, and now it's really paying its dividends. Good to see from their perspective. Yeah, I think I think you'd probably say the same about Leeds and Wessex. Like you can probably get on the court in Leeds team, one to six, pretty much, um, or at least one to seven. Like you know who's in the squad. You you know the league men, and I think Wessex, their first team this year, picks itself. I think that's that's shown for those kind of top four. I think on all those sides. Have that settled six, seven, eight players. So it's. Um, I think that does make a big difference when you you know you can go out and you're not worried about armor. Oh, but if I don't, if I drop this one here, I'm going to get you know switched out next week or something like that. Like I think having that almost peace of mind, um, I think frees you up a little bit on court, so they mm. can go out and just kind of play the dodgeball they've been playing. Yeah, and I wonder whether the. Um... The teams towards the bottom of the league is Sheriff seconds, Minotaur seconds, Bedford Rangers seconds. Um, three of the teams that are in the bottom four. Uh, yeah, I wonder whether the chopping and changing isn't isn't going to do them any favours. Well, so what, what what do you guys think from a, from a sheriff's kind of two perspective? You know, have you had have you had to swap and change quite a lot? Uh, yeah, yeah. The the sheriff twos. Their, their squad hasn't remained consistent in the last few meets. There's a core few players. Um, but at the minute, we've just got such an abundance of first-teamers that it's, it's kind of worked out that if we don't have enough of the second players for a fixture, we'll put a couple of the first-teamers into that second fixture. So then there's just a bit of a topping and changing of tactics and play styles and stuff like that but um, I think now that we're kind of finding our feet properly um, um, the squad's obviously going to be a bit more consistent and set and I think I think we can comfortably middle table um, because they don't want to push the guys too much they're all still gelling and playing the sheriff way um, but yeah no I think once, cause I believe after this after this meet coming I set of squads. Once that's in, there'll be more t- more sort of time for training and stuff like that. So I think, no, I think I think they're in a good position at the minute. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a difficult one. Who who do you think are the two that are going to go? Where do you think, um, what, you think, what what you've seen halfway? I want to say Leeds and Wessex. Yeah, I think I I wonder whether Wessex will just have a bit more experience in uh, delivering at crunch time, more so than Derby or Cyclones will. But that said, um, Wessex are probably seen as a favourite to go up, having achieved the best league finish out of all the teams in that league last season. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough at the top when there's a pack of teams chasing you, and yeah, the whether that ends up coming back to bite them remains to be seen. But one thing they definitely got in their favour is <laughs> something I've just seen. They have their set difference is phenomenal, like twice as good as both as Dar- both Derby and MK could prove huge at the end of the season yeah that's what I'm just looking at the, the plus and minus in that table like the, just how it drops all of a sudden so you know 
Derby and MK both 42. And then straight down to Worker Bees at six and then to Thunder Dodge at minus 10. Like, it's such a swing across two or three places. Mm. It's, uh, it's mad, that is, to be fair. Yeah, and I think this this coming meet by the um we'll see those those top two sort of facing off against each other. Um Leeds versus Wessex, last game of the day. Um so I think that that's gonna be sort of an important game for for that league for that league one. because um, obviously it's a chance for Wessex to pull a couple of points ahead of Derby or Derby to get the two wins that they need and pull above Wessex. Um so that's going to be, I think that's going to be intriguing for League One this next meet. Yes, yeah, but definitely. this table doesn't sort of take into account is that, yes, Wessex, Derby and MK have all got two losses, but Derby and MK have both lost against against Leeds and Wessex haven't yet. Yeah. Well, I say that as if it's a full conclusion, it's anything but, but uh, yeah, Wessex theoretically had the easier fixtures to play. And that's probably reflected in their points difference as well. Yeah, tight, tighter at the bottom of this league than it um, than it was at Super League for sure. Four points separating five teams. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. I'm just, like, you know, what I mean, I flick back through the results, and it's just thing like in one week, MDL Raptors went from beating. Oh no, sorry, in the first game of the day, they lost to Wessex forty nil, and then came back beat Bedford Rangers 12-10 and it's you know it's just that kind of stuff in the league just makes you know it just makes it so close like Thunder Dodge have had some right mixed results as well but you're right like the bottom of this it's it's so close probably between Thunder Dodge and down six to six to tenth again it's like Super League it's almost kind of split in half at the moment you'd probably say um, yeah. because the bottom teams in the league there the bottom half have all just struggled for consistency Every time, you know, I mean, they've all got good players in there, but again, they just can't seem to find that level of consistent play, which the top teams have, which I think is more the reason they're down there, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, one, well, one result that just caught my eye um, from last week was Minotaurs 2 beating Wessex. That's where the, the Wessex second loss came from. But yeah, the. Proper freak result that um, on reflection. No, yeah, definitely that was, you know, what I mean, and that's that could come back to haunt Wessex at the mm. uh, at the end of the season um, potentially. This is it. This is the thing we don't always know. Sometimes, you know, that if that's if they, you know, they end up finishing third or something by two points, they'll look back to that one game. So again, it's the consistent teams are the ones who who get the promotions and win the titles. Um, and that's what the, the, the aim is. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to see where the second loss was. Uh, they lost to MK fourteen ten. Yeah, interesting. So, so Wessex beat Derby, beat MK, beat Wessex. So that shows you how uh, shows you how tight those three teams are vying for that second spot. Exactly. I think is it's. I think at this stage it's. There's just so much still to play for. Obviously, just, there's only been four meets, which, in the grand scheme of things, it's there's just still so much that can change. I think it's just going to be. I said I said it at the beginning of the season. Still saying I still so very exciting as to what's going to happen. Oh, I've also noticed. I've just noticed as well that Derby, the um, Derby and MK. The only reason that Derby are above MK in the table is that they've got one more point for them. So they've scored one one more point overall, which as in sets for or um yeah as in set, sets for yeah um I think that just pushes it so close. Um, let's have a look next time they play each other. Mm. Uh, Fine margins, one might say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that that'll be, I think. Couple of meets, one could pull away from the other. Um, with what Derby are playing, Sheriffs two and who are they? Sheriffs two and Bedford Rangers. Whereas um, MK have Sheriffs two <laughs> and 
MGL Raptors. So, bit of a mix. mix both, have, both. both have favourable fixtures. Yeah. They will suggest. Um, so that'd be, that'd be interesting to watch, I think. Yeah. Women's Super League is... An absolute it, bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> In keeping with pretty much every other league. Very... <laughs> very, very open, very, very congested at the top end at the very least. Yeah, what's yeah. the actual points difference between the top kind of four? It's so not Bedford five. have got a bit of breathing room with 15 points after eight games. But then yeah. Storm and Sheriffs are separated by alphabetical order, I believe, at this point. Good. Um, <laughs> on 12. And then Valkyries and Queen Bees, one point behind on 11. That's with Queen Bees. So you can go through the wins, the draws and the losses, and then we get to points four. Uh, Valkyries are edging ahead by six points, so only three sets in it. Um, four, and they're one set better against than um, Manchester Bees. And then, I mean, then we've got a bit of a, bit of a jump. Bedford Rangers on seven, so four points below. Leeds Dodge five, Wessex Wolves four. Honeybees down on three and then Storm two on the at the bottom with zero. I mean, if you look also at the um, the points differences, so in the men's, you've got Lutterworth Meteors on, they're on plus 94 at the top and Storm two are on minus 100 at the bottom. You go back to women's and even at the bottom with no wins, Storm two are only on minus 84. So even the games, even the people, players at the the team sorry at the bottom are taking chunks out of people as they go as they sort of swing around as well so it, it's quite a stressful league to be part of at the minute yeah it's true as you say that you know as you've just said storm two are currently bottom with with no wins all season yet i'm i'm struggling to think of a game where they've been you know completely walked over at any point you know that's and um, i think yeah. that's the difference they've been really competitive in every match you know, it almost seems a bit harsh that they haven't got the points. I've seen them play this season and they might have deserved to get a few in there. Um, yeah, it's right. It's It's been, I think, the overall most competitive league for the last couple of seasons, the, the Women's Super League. Um, I know that it's had the same winner for the last couple of years in Beagles, but that kind of crash of teams underneath has been super competitive. That kind of race for second as it's ended up being, but obviously pushing them for most away. In the fourth one, there's the Meteors, ladies teams, obviously Sheriff, Storm, when they've formed. Um, and then you think once, once in, a, in a year or so when the Spartans ladies are in there, they'll, I imagine, be pushing somewhere near that end. And the emergence of Valkyries and Queen Bees this year, it's, it's yeah, it's mental, isn't it? The, like just the level of quality in the women's like cloth game here now. And I think what is quite exciting, we've been having quite a few chats at Sheriff generally about tactics. Obviously, it's mid-season. Everyone's trying to lock in squads and really push. So we play everyone twice in all the leagues. So this next meet on Saturday, well, maybe last Saturday by the time this goes out, will um, be the the end of the cycle. So we'll finally play everyone once and we'll start playing everyone for the second time. So I know a lot of people are sort of reassessing where they sit, what their tactics are. But I think the bit that's really sort of suddenly become so apparent in the women's in a way that I think it's only just hasn't quite been the same in the men's for a while is that, so yes, Bedford Bedford are at the top. They undisputedly deserve to be there. They're just so incredibly consistent. But when you look at the teams they struggle with, so the only draw they've got on the board is against Nottingham Sheriffs. Um, which I can't take Humble much. Well, I can't take much credit for. I did most of my um, teamwork from the sideline, but yeah. The, so that was a fantastic game. But then you look, and they, at, but they had a sort of almost a shock victory. Like they really took it to London Storm, and the points different there was so much larger than you'd th- you'd expect. And yet, sheriffs, we played London Storm last meet, and that was far less close than we were expecting, and they beat us fair and square. And uh, sort of you look at, we've got Valkyries this weekend. We took Queen Bees to a draw. So I think the women's is suddenly, as the game speeds up and more and more distinctive play styles emerge, and I think especially as people get stronger, because I think the speed of the women's game has definitely been noticeably quicker this season. It's very interesting to see how sort of the Bedford tactics have always reigned supreme for the last few years, but there's a few coming through. 
and when everyone everyone's just figuring out how to play each other so it's exciting to see who falls sh- short in different places the thing i've been really impressed with watching bedford this year is um you know they 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 had you can almost for the last two seasons before this you would near enough pick their one to six who was going to play you know who it's going to be you know what they're going to do and they're going to do it really bloody well because it's what bedford do this year they've had a change like a change in team of you know they've had people missing some weeks they've had injuries they've had new faces join new blood through and yet there's one thing that remained is what's always done like what's always worked so well for them and that's the ability to mid-game just switch up a tactic and they've yeah. got that utmost ability like faith in their own ability that when they switch it up on what they go to it's going to work you can see that belief when they go okay right on the defensive now we're going to start pre-throwing and then Charlotte will start taking off your shoelaces one player at a time and then they go okay let's switch to running and then you've got someone like a Sarah Town or, or Beth coming flying at you like they're not afraid to switch up what they're doing they're very good at mid-game in the close matches recognizing what's working against them and counteracting that which I, I feel the rest of the women's league is now catching up on that kind of in-game speed and that active plan B and C and D and E and however many letters I need to go down. Um, but Beagles still just seem to be that little bit further ahead that way to the other teams. And I think that's why they're, you know, they're on track to, to win again. Yeah, and I think also it is, I'm sure sort of a lot of the girls in that league will attest to you, it's like playing two different teams. Because you might think you've got the measure of them in the first half and then you break for half time and you just have to stand there and be like, right, and now we're going to have to figure out all over again. Because as you say, they've just got gears for days. And if one thing's not quite working, they're that bit, I think, as you said, I think that is the edge. They're that bit quicker at switching to plan B. And if it's not plan B, it's plan C. And they'll just keep going until they find the thing that finally it's what, it's one of those. You see when it's, what, what's rare with the, the Beagles women's team. And it's the same... It, this across men's and women's games is when when players go out in, in most teams you see them you know they they try and you know dig out a teammate they have a go at themselves they hit the floor in frustration they do something to signal that they're not happy they're out the Beagles girls for the most part they might you know they might not be happy they've gone out but they just seem to look around and be like oh I'm going out oh I'll be back they'll catch you back in, in a minute it's fine it's fine I'll be yeah. back in. I'll be back in the next thirty seconds to a minute. Well, no issue. Well, cool. And that's yeah. something that, again, like I said, the other women's teams I think are starting to get now. It's just having that faith, not just in them, like in themselves as players, but knowing that Charlotte, if, if she goes out, Charlotte's eye, then she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Liv will catch me back in now, or you know, whatever's going to happen. It's and it's just very impressive to watch. Um, yeah. How how they keep doing it, that consistency. Yeah, and um, I think I'd just like to give a special shout out to Wessex Wolves. And I'm just having played against them a lot and I've come up at the same time as a couple of the girls through the Union League as well at Winch. It's just so nice to see them with actually a bit of a new look team. There's some new faces on there. They've got some girls coming through from Winchester playing for them. But um, after a few seasons of a lot of changes, they seem to have really clicked into a gear at the minute. And they're sitting pretty at eighth at the moment, separated by a point from the Honeybees. But they're only a point below Leeds. And I think I would have them as my one to watch in the second half of the table because I wouldn't be at all surprised if now they've found that gear, they're such a sort of fiery side that if they can really capitalise on this, now they've got the measure of the other teams, I would expect them to be really sort of clawing up that table. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think in a way there's, there's quite a similar shout for the Leeds ladies this year. Again, you know, Losing their two, you know, fixed wingers in Amanda and Christie, they had last year, and then yeah. kind of just reshuffling. That it's not just the personnel, but they've had to with the players they've brought in to replace. They've had to change the tactics. I think their success was showed in the start of the year at the Opens, where they, you know, they took medals in a few and uh, all things like that, and it's showing their performances this year. You know, they they seem to have gelled much better, um, and they, it, again, they look really good. There's no one in that league currently who looks like they shouldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? There's no one who's cut, like, you feel like, oh, no. you, you look like you're above, like this is above your level. Um, from a personal point of view and a bit of a, you know, from a club point of view, I think, honestly, what, watch out for the Honeybees second half of the year. They've got a more fixed and settled team now. There was lots of moving around and whatnot and they showed in the last league meet by picking up the first couple of points and whatnot, how, you know, they're, they're turning that round and I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, 
double, if not more, that points tie they're on now before the end of the season. Um, yeah, so definitely. Yeah, two very credible results in their most recent run of games. So drawing mm. with drawing with Wessex and then Leeds edging them out by two points is yeah very encouraging to know that they can keep track and keep track with mid to look into up table te- uh, top table teams. Yeah, this is this league is genuinely sort of fasc- fascinating to watch it unfold because there are probably no foregone conclusions in the next round of games having not even really looked at them. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of clashes of titans that could go either way. It's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think just on the Super League, I think if you know if British Dodgeball um, are doing more of the recordings as they've done a few already, um, then I think if, if any of the, the Women's Super League goes up, anyone who's listening who's not seen a lot because their games are at different times or they're not at that league meet, I'd really urge them to, to go and watch it and show their friends as... As a sport for females in the UK, there's such a growing market now for people getting involved in it. And it's such a good advertisement for what you can do and how good you can become at this sport. The league, like I said, there's so many talented players, internationals, ex-internationals there. Um, it's just a great advert for the sport. I would encourage people to watch it as much as they can. Yeah, I know our draw against Bedford was on the day where they had the cameras at leak, so I'm kind of hoping that's at, in John's editing room and mm. might appear soon because that was, well, I mean, I had a huge vested interest, but I was on the edge of my metaphorical seat throughout that one, so hopefully people will get to watch that. Um, I had quite an interesting chat with Ryan at the Nations League and I think especially with the amount of change that Bedford have had in their men's side, particularly in the last six months, it's unsurprising to me that Meteors are still at the top. I think they're training in a way that a lot of us can't really compete with just because they have they only train the team essentially. They have very little else to worry about but Spartans hot on their heels I think you can tell I mean who on Spartans roster isn't international. I think it, it does really show the strength of English players when you look at the top teams in the men's super league and the women's super league and you then look at the home nations international rosters and when you've actually got essentially meteors versus spartans is essentially england playing england and you put vikings in there and you've got a number of the scots as well and it's just the physicality of it continues to scare me and I think it gets more and more physical every year. I think we'd all agree that since the transition to five ball, we all sort of joke that it, we've sort of ruined it by turning it into a real sport where actually sort of like being fit and doing things does really help. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's much more um, of you have to, if you, there's definitely a direct, you look at the, even the more talented players in the league one and league two, the, the main difference between them and the top of the super league is, is the fitness, is the athletic side of it, is the strength, is the power. Um, you know, you look up and down the leagues as people who are good, you know, got quite an okay throw, like pretty accurate, they're pretty good catchers and dodgers. But it's just that to go for half an hour, the, the intense level of those top two, it, it's a hard ask. Like you are very, you are knackered, you are sweating at the end of it. It's tough. And it's a different kind of cardio to, you know, in the lad's side, lots of lads have played football as a kid or, or you know, whatever it is. Because it's it's full body movements for thirty minutes, it's it's very intense. And if you want to be at the top, you have to be fit as well. And you look at the meteors. Like I watched them play Spartans not long ago. Um, on both sides, you know, they absolutely just nailed each other for half an hour. It was so just physically draining, and they both walked off like covered in sweat, but looking like they could go for another match straight away. Like if you ask them to play again, they probably could. Type thing. Yeah. And that's um, that's the main difference, I reckon. Yeah, no, it's it's getting fairly terrifying on all fronts. Yeah, shall we shall we go on to the English Coventry Silverbacks League? Shall I just <laughs> caveat this with 
unless something really, really ridiculous happens, Coventry Silverbacks are going to win. And to annoy Reese, I think that's all we should say about them. Moving on. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, Silverbacks are a very big fish in a very small pond in the league they're playing in, but they are taken to the task pretty handily, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, they, they've started at the leagues to work their way up for a team full of what is Super League experience and standard players. They, they can only play the teams in front of them. And, you know what I mean? They, if they're walking the league, it's not, it's not their fault. They've just simply performed this year. Um, and it's, you know, the, the test will get harder and harder for them as they go. They've put in loads of good open, uh, showings at Opens as well. Um, having played them myself, I, I've you know I've lost and I've lost, drawn and beaten them as opposition this year. So I know full well how good they are. Um, yeah, we're obviously we're, we in the same breath as higher teams in the not too distant future. But um, I think it's probably you know what I think it's actually very good for the rest of the teams in that league because um, there's yeah. a lot of teams in that league who don't always go to opens, who don't you know get this kind of exposure as much. They're actually getting the chance to play against and have a crack at players who are normally at a level higher than them and I've always said when I've coached people when I've helped training that there's no better way to learn this sport than playing and watching people probably better than you because you can see what you should be aspiring to get to so if there's players in that league I think it's great to have them they set an example for what can be achieved with some hard training yeah definitely and you look at the table and they've got 22 points against so 11 sets have come off so people are like it's not it's not a complete walkover people are managing to get the sets off them and you look you've got a lot of seconds and third teams in this league so storm thirds your own thirds manchester soldier bees mantles thirds and then apart from virtue empire the rest of them are all seconds teams so there's experience in those clubs as well and their coaches and players will be watching the matches as well so they might find i guess actually that on the second round of playing It'll be interesting to see whether now Coventry have gelled together as well, being a like a good side with experienced players, mm. whether the sort of coaching that the other teams get in that league will lead to sort of significantly different outcomes. That's well, interesting that I mean the players the players at Coventry clearly aren't mugs for a start. They're they're gelling together a team as a team as much as the other teams are improving all around them. But it's it's interesting to see that Storm Thirds are keeping up with them blow for blow, with the exception of when they came head to head against each other. Mm. And yeah, there isn't there isn't much room for error for Coventry. Um, all it takes, yeah, like like we were saying, is that all it takes is for one off day, and if they happen to be playing Storm Thirds on that day, that that could be the clincher for it. It'd be it's far fetched, but not beyond the realms of possibilities. No, I think if you're a team in that league, you know, maybe outside of Storm 3, I think if you look to next year, then obviously it, it's two teams that go up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously two teams go up, but that also means two teams are coming down, which means it's more likely to be a much more level playing field next season. So yeah. if, if you're those teams, if you're especially if you're a second team, third team in there, then you can lay those foundations ready for uh, next year. Um, and that way, you know, when it's it, like I said, it's more level playing field. And then if you can go in with the experience you found this year um, and just go from there, then yeah, League Two next year becomes a much more even playing field. And it just joins the list of what feels like every other league of we can't predict what's going to happen here, but it's going to be bloody good. I feel that if, if, and if Coventry Wax do go up, Men's League One is going to be a very, very interesting league next year. Oh, it would be mental. And especially when you consider the overall quality of men's Super League at the minute, who will also be losing two teams to go into League One. Mm. I think what's going to be really interesting is in sort of whether Silverbacks, sort of you think about the people in the community and you think about people who are sort of unattached to teams or likely to move soon. And I can't imagine there being another team like Silverbacks coming together at the moment for next season no, but you wonder whether in, yeah, whether in two or three years time like actually being able to sort of s- sweep through the leagues will be as much mm. of a possibility because the quality really does 
well it's not just a trickle down it's more of a pour down like the sport's expanding at such a rate so it's not going to be long before the standard of men's league one is the standard we're expecting of mid-table super league today if i'm right in thinking so if we took the tables as they stand right at this point in the season at halfway then leeds and wessex would go back up to super league and you'd have storm two and sheriffs Go, go, down. go down and then you'd also lose from league one at the bottom i believe is it mdl yeah. yeah raptors and bedford rangers, rangers seconds. seconds and replace them with silverbacks storm three and storm three and then you look at that league again all of a sudden and it's <laughs> yeah like right okay so you know the, the two teams who go up from league one are going to be at a similar level to the two teams that, that go down from Super League, you'd say, I don't think there'd be a huge amount in, in the quality there. So they're almost just going like for like. And then you take out the team who's come bottom to add in the silverbacks. League One next year is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> like that's, that's a competitive league straight away. That's mental. We haven't even mentioned Derby or Milton Keynes who have been, yeah, um, yeah have really stepped it up again this season. Exactly. Yeah, so the, to improve at that, right? That's two more spanners in the works. Yeah, it's it was always one of those where, like, if you when you in the men's game, if you got relegated from Super League, the chances are you'd you'd bounce straight back, really, because yeah. um, it's the, always the, the same. Yeah. Now, it you know what I mean. It wouldn't be outrageous for for both teams who go down this year from Super League, whoever it will be, to both not come back up. It's it's not out the realms of possibility. Well, mm, I mean, yeah, and also giving our absolutely appalling history at making predictions or committing to predictions, none of us would put a bet on who, where we, what we'd be talking about in the men's first, in the men's League One table this time next year. No, it's very true. I've only made one prediction this year, and so far I think it's coming off okay. What was, was it? My top, exactly. Which my top four for Super League? Yeah, mine's mine's not looking great. I don't think. So I've, I've said Spartans and Meteors who are there and then I said us as Killabees and we're fourth currently and, and then I believe I said Vikings or did I say Storm? I, said, either way, I definitely said Storm so I, I'm three out of four. I'm, I'm minimum three out of four at least so I'll take that for now. Yeah. Three out of four ain't bad. <laughs> cool. That well-known spin-off from Meatloaf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, sorry, just um, before we move on, proper um, need to give a real shout out to Bedford Eagles seconds. Yeah. Because uh, I think I haven't, I haven't watched them play much this season, but I think they're all, they're a very young team. I feel like they made an appearance at one of the um, junior tournaments at the start of the season. And yeah, to see them, to see them, coming third in the league at the moment against teams such as Soldier Bees, who have plenty of experience as a club in their ranks. Same with Miners Wolves third, same with Vi- uh, Viking seconds. Um, yeah, good to see them really take to that league and properly push on. Right, Men's League 3. I'd like to give a special shout-out to Stephen Dumbay. For staying behind last league meet to to coach Storm Four, who in his own words are absolute mavericks. <laughs> There's worse ways to be described. Steve being dropped to the fourth. Yes, they're turning events. Double world mixed champion. Guesting for the Storm Fourths. Yeah, but I think the fact that I'm not even confident on how to say fourths. Yeah. Shows how like how impressive it is that we've only got two teams in the country that can currently foster four plus teams of a, the same gender. Yeah, it, it's mad. We we said this on the pod a few weeks, a uh, few a uh, few ones ago, I believe. Like at the Manchester Open, when it came to it, we had our own like squad selections and stuff to do. The coaches were saying it was a nightmare because we took five men's teams and I think f- three or four ladies teams, and that and that was after we had to tell some people no. Because there isn't space, like mental. What is this? Yeah, mental. And Storm are very much the same way now. I know they both got there. I know, and we said this last week. The growth of it. Derby have got two teams of each now. Spartans, uh, I think, I believe, thinking about expanding as well. It's wouldn't be surprised. 
it's it's good in it. It's not bad. Moving on, what's really ah oh, thunder? I I also shout out to Underdodge for the rebranding to Thunderdodge, which I just enjoy. Yeah, it went under the radar. I feel this year, didn't it? Yeah, it's it's underappreciated, but like <laughs> just just pointing out that we're we're enjoying that on the league table. But what's I feel really fun good- time had a thing to do with that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And it's nice to also see. So the really cool thing about Hartlepool Mavericks, so they've got a number of teams in, but then also it's a mixture of, I believe, because they've got a women's team that's just started in this in League Two, which we're going to get to a, in yeah, a minute. Have. So I believe that in their men's team, it's a mixture of young players that are coming in through development and also some of the parents of the kids who've started playing dodgeball as well which i think is just a really exciting way of showing Blend, how co- yeah. and how sort of it, for want of a better term sort of true in inverted commas community teams are springing up sort of as dave just alluded to a lot of the teams you'll hear about in the higher leagues are essentially people started playing at uni graduated either stayed in the same city or didn't and just started a dodgeball team with some of their mates whereas we're now getting to the point where people who have come people are coming through dodgeball completely through community-based setups and starting at a really young age and then bringing their families in as well, which is just really, really cool. And Mavericks and Burton Bears, to be fair to them, are all just such nice people to be around. And they're just so, as someone who's been in, well, and this is my sixth year playing and fifth year in league. So when you can get a bit jaded and a bit competitive and a bit grumpy about it all, but when you see people doing it all for the first time and still learning just so quickly and having the opportunity to play this many people at that stage in their dodgeball career, it's just really exciting. Yeah, I think a good, I think a good example of how easy this sport can be taken up, I believe you'd look at it as um, probably Johnny Day. I think it's a really good example. I was chatting to him and Tim not so long ago and, you know, he's, he never played at uni. He didn't do that. He just walked straight into to it at Storm and just taken to it. And obviously, look look how far he's come in what is a very relatively short space of time. Like you said, you're in your sixth year. This is my eighth season. There's people ahead of, like, streaks ahead of me as well, still playing at a high level. And what's it? Maybe a second, maybe a third. It just shows yeah. that if, if you commit to the training one, how quickly you can get a grip of it and just rise and be and be very good. Yeah, and I mean, even if you don't want to walk in and suddenly become a Scottish international, like there's plenty of opportunity to play at a more, not necessarily casual, I would never question any of these players' commitment to their teams and their commitment to the sport. But if you just want to do it as a, we go out nine Saturdays a year and see what we can do, sort of there's, we now have the capacity in the leagues to have teams like that and watch them improve. I mean, I think I said at the start of the, at the start of the season, um, Wessex Wolves as a club um, surprised me being able to put out a put out a seconds team after essentially their dismemberment of their first team um, cost them their place in Super League. For them to actually put out a seconds team and their seconds team did do very very well at League Three, they're pushing Storm Four at the top of the table. Um, yeah, good to see. Yeah, good to see clubs like that expanding and putting out second team that they can all get behind. Oh, can I just, oh, like, so Burton Bears also have a um, women's team who are coming on strong. And I just want to say like a special shout to Burton Bears, Cheatham and Gately Griffins as well, because Cheatham and Gately are a community club. They, they're all women, although they sometimes have some of the lads go along and train with them. But also they are all women who've taken it up like while alongside full-time jobs looking after children and to watch them improve since I think Manchester Open was one of the first things they came to at the beginning of the year and we watched them play then at the British Open this January and they dismantled Sheriff Seconds Women's Seconds which we unfortunately we had our revenge unfortunately last week at league but to say those ladies have really like come out of the blocks fighting which is a completely mixed metaphor but never mind um, they people are really coming on this league, and it's it's obviously. I mean, Leamington Spartans in a similar way to Silverbacks. That's a team of experienced people. They where they've gone into that league expecting to make a big impression, and they have. But for the teams such as Storm Thirds, Cheetah and Gately, Burton, Hartlepool, 
who are quite newly put together, a real range of experience and even age in some cases, they're really learning so fast. And for the other four teams in that league, it's very interesting coming up against them time and time again to see quite how much they've improved even in the, the six weeks since you last played them. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent at the at the opens watching, yeah, teams like the Chile and whatnot do it's it's just so impressive and good to see and that I know a couple of the bees lot go down and help out at their training a little bit and you know they've they've come to a couple of our like like social sessions and whatnot and it's yeah, it's 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 just really nice to see. Um and again that, that league is another one which you know, it's adding to the theme of it's expanded teams and it's more competitive. It's just there's there's no downside for the sport as a whole from what's happening there. Yeah, I think even with even with Spartans being a a fairly clear favourite in that league, probably from the get go, they're not they're not streets away or they're not streets ahead of either Derby or Sheriff Seconds. Um, yeah, good to it's probably similar to the um, the Silverbacks. Remark we made earlier of them being in the league is bringing up the whole the standard of everyone else's play, and yeah, the dodgeball community is only ever going to be stronger for that sort of thing. Yeah, and you look at the table, Leamington Spartans twenty six points against. I know Derby Phantoms had them much worried, much more worried than they intended to be in the first half. I believe they played each other last league me, and I remember looking over while Sheriff say I'm. I am Sheriff Second's coach, so I was in the box for them. But I remember looking over and looking at the scoreline and just sort of, you don't know whether it's just a wry, a wry smile or a grimace at sort of how sort of tense. Yeah, it went down 14-8 in the end. And if you looked at those two teams at the beginning of the season, full credit to Derby. Like they're, they're, they're also an experienced outfit. And I think, I think if Super League was a 12-team league, you'd look at the women's teams available and you would put Phantoms in there. But I think having Spartans in that league would have undoubtedly strengthened them this year. And if they do end up going up, I'm not sure many teams in Super League will thank them for it because we've got to contend with them as well. Yeah, I think irrespective of who goes up, assuming Spartans do uh, do play out their favourite card and go up, whoever goes up alongside them will have thoroughly thoroughly earned that place in Super League and probably probably will also be in a better position having played a season alongside Spartans. Uh will be better prepared for Super League. So yeah, similarly to men's league one being a an interesting kettle of fish once uh once Silverbacks if they manage to close out the season. Yeah, women's super league is gonna be yeah. It's only gonna get tighter. Yeah, so all these predictions that we're going to make next season are going to be... As crap as the predictions yes. that were made this season. <laughs> right, I think that's a pretty good place to call it a day. Cheers, guys. No worries. See you, later. See you all later. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Nutra Zone, and we hope you're as excited for the second half of the season as we are. Hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll see you at the next one.